ION 2020 episode 279. Have 2020 vision with ION 2020, your source for the news and events in the lead up to the 2020 presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date daily until November 2020 with a libertarian perspective on the candidates and their policies along with the news. Thank you for joining me. Now let's clear our vision. Hey everybody, it's Ray Eaton here, your host of ION 2020. This is your morning ride with Ray. As you guys know, every so often I am just stuck in a bind and I can't get the show recorded in the evening time when I typically would. So usually like if it's Thursday, if I have a Thursday show coming out late at night on Wednesday night, I'll get together and do or get everything together and do the show. But just sometimes, you know, when things are going in life, you just can't do it. So every so often I'll do that show. I'll put together some notes and stuff like that and just kind of like ride and talk, you know, ride and talk on my way into the morning commute, which is like sometimes three hours of driving. Since I'm a salesperson, I cover North and South Carolina for the company that I work for. And, uh, you know, sometimes I'm going to be driving for a couple hours. Sometimes I'll be driving for a couple minutes. Just depends upon where I'm going that day. And I am an essential worker, uh, yeah, I'm an essential worker. The government says so, right? But anyway, company that I work for, I'm allowed to stay, allowed to continue to work. So uh, anyway, this is your morning ride with Ray. I appreciate you joining me like every Monday and Thursday that you've been doing it for over a year now. So that's great. 14 or 16 months, I think this thing's been, been going. I never thought I would make it this far. This is uh, just a something I enjoy doing, you know? But uh, hey, get this. Breaking news. So you see it all day long. Breaking news. And like you get to the breaking news and you're all excited because you're thinking to yourself, you're thinking to yourself, wow, this is like the first time they're going to be talking about breaking news. And then it's like something that really lets you down. Well, breaking news. Elizabeth Warren has endorsed Joe Biden. Well, did anyone think that any of the Democrats would endorse anybody but Joe Biden? Like it's not like they're going to go out there and endorse somebody else. He is the only person running right now. He is the only candidate left in the race. He is the presumptive nominee. So it is not breaking news that Elizabeth Warren is going to be endorsing Joe Biden. Oh, and another one, Bernie Sanders, breaking news. Bernie Sanders stood up and endorsed Joe Biden. It is amazing to me that... I mean, it's not amazing to me that Bernie Sanders endorsed Joe Biden, and not at all. They all said that they would. They all go in lockstep. I mean, it's the Democratic Party. That's the way it is. The Republican Party is the same way. They're going to get behind their nominee, whoever it is. Even if it was Lucifer himself, they would get behind him. Not saying that Joe Biden is anywhere near Lucifer. Not saying that Joe Biden is just a terrible guy or anything like that. But everybody's going to get behind their guy. I mean, it's just the normal thing. The only politician who ran that had any sort of moral compass, that had any sort of, you know, desire to remain consistent in his views is Ron Paul back in 08 and 2012 when he did not endorse the Republican nominee. Like, he 
realized that those were flawed candidates. He realized that those people were just generally bad guys, you know? Um, not, not Lucifer bad guys by any means, but just people that are just going to go in lockstep with the, with the wars. They're going to go in lockstep with the standard, you know, hey, this is, we're okay with the Federal Reserve. Like, they're not going to challenge the status quo by any means. They're going to continue the status quo. They're going to continue to let the deep state run everything. And he was willing to stand on principle and not endorse Joe Biden, or not endorse uh, John McCain or um, Mitt Romney. So that's just, that was his decision. But does it surprise anybody that Bernie Sanders is throwing his support behind Joe Biden? It doesn't surprise me one bit. It might surprise some of the Bernie bros. It might make them mad. It might make them upset that the Democrats really just, especially the establishment Democrats, really just stole this thing from not Bern, not specifically Bernie Sanders, but just forced everybody else out of the race. I mean, I said it whenever it happened that when Pete Buttigieg dropped out of the race the day before Super Tuesday when he was raising the most money of anybody else, there was something behind that. There was something behind that. And I heard it said the other day that <clears throat> that Joe Biden is just a placeholder for whoever he makes his vice presidential nominee. He's a placeholder, is what I heard. And that is not a winning strategy whatsoever. Being a placeholder? Oh yeah, and elect the placeholder so he can get somebody better in. Elect the placeholder so he can resign so we can get somebody who actually the party wants in there. I mean, that does not make any sense whatsoever <laughs> to do. That's a that is a losing strategy for the Democrats and they'll it'll blow up in their face at, in November. It absolutely will. Unless they decide to go a different route than Joe Biden, but you know what? Everyone seems like they're falling in lockstep behind Joe Biden. They must think that he has some sort of I don't know. I guess it just comes down to the, the perceived ability that he can beat Donald Trump. And that's really what everybody wanted. Everyone who, I mean, the, I've been saying it from the very beginning. The number one reason why the Democrats are voting in the primary is for somebody that they perceive can beat Donald Trump. And that's it. So it really came down to that. That's how he ended up getting the nomination. He's the person that is perceived to be able to beat Donald Trump. Um, oh, and... Bum, bum, bum. Breaking news, by the way. Uh, Barack Obama has endorsed Joe Biden. What? Oh my God, is that crazy or what? Barack Obama. Does that does that surprise you? No. Not surprising at all. So, that's just idiotic that you're going to have breaking news saying, oh, every single, you know, this senator or this congressperson, this former president or this person, that person is going to be endorsing Joe Biden. Now, it would be breaking news if, say, Mitt Romney came out and endorsed Joe Biden, which that probably will happen anyway. It might be breaking news if, you know, I don't know, some senator from Florida or something like that came out and endorsed Joe Biden, or if something like that, like some big-name person that is typically Republican but came out and decided to endorse Joe Biden, because I think several of these senators, or maybe some high-profile Republicans, oh, like, for example, um, George Bush 
ended up voting for Hillary Clinton in 2016. So that might be something that happens is maybe George Bush will come out and decide that he's going to endorse Joe Biden. Now, Joe Biden is nothing but the status quo, guys. Joe Biden is a return to Barack Obama's policies. That's fine. Um, we didn't like, you know, the, the country didn't get run into the ground during under Obama. It didn't get run on, under into the ground under a lot of candidates. I mean, the, the, the American people are the ones that keep this country going. I am not convinced that some politician up in Washington has that much power to destroy the economy. Like, a lot of the policies that were made in 2007, or pre-2007, are what ran the country into the ground in 2007 through 2000, I don't know, 12, 13, 14, whatever, whenever we supposedly came out of the Great um, Depression, not the Great Depression, but the, um, you know, the financial crisis, whenever we came out of that, that is not the result of George Bush's policies. That's the result of policies that were passed in the 90s and just trying to give everybody a home and trying to make it so that there's equal opportunity for everyone to have a house and 0% loans and no you know, loans that they're giving people for houses. They don't even have to show that they have an income. Like, I remember being offered one of those back then. Yeah, you don't have to show an income at all. You just, they're just going to give you a loan. And it might be a little bit higher interest rate, but you know what? We'll give it to you, no problem. Zero down. Oh, by the way, we will not only give you zero down on this financing, but we'll give you 3% of the value of the home in order to put more money into that house because we're just so confident that the value of houses are just going to keep on going up and up and up, right? So in that type of situation, you're going to have a a real estate bubble. You're going to have terrible loans that are going... Get in, and like those loans end up getting sold by the loan, the original, the originator of that loan to a another company who then holds on to them and ultimately becomes like Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac, one of those companies there that holds them. Um, they start getting sold into <coughs> mortgage-based securities and all that that are A-rated by Moody's and all these other companies that rate these securities. And then all of a sudden, these mortgages start going bad, and boom you're out because the value of properties just started going up like crazy but I'm not convinced that it's the president of the United States that causes this stuff it's not there can be policies like tax policies and stuff that might suppress business innovation or it might encourage business innovation those are things that do happen that's true but it's not the president that does it so I just think Joe Biden being a return to the Barack Obama policies, like it's not going to kill America by any means, but it's just a matter of he is a status quo kind of guy. And it surprises me that the Bernie bros are going to get behind this guy. It surprises me that, or it doesn't, sorry, it will surprise me if the Bernie bros get behind him. It will completely surprise me if the Bernie Bros get behind him. I will be... If if the younger people come out and vote for Joe Biden, that would be... That would be surprising. If you get... Because they did not like Joe Biden. Like, Bernie Sanders had the under 30 vote, 
under 35 vote by like 70% or something like that. I mean, it was just amazing how many of those people came out and voted for Bernie Sanders. I mean, he was offering free stuff, you know? When you're young, you don't think about that. You don't think about the the unintended consequences of all the free stuff, all the government printing of money. You just think we're in the richest nation in the world and somehow the richest nation in the world could come up with all that money. I mean, I remember in college, I was taking an economics class and you're a young person in college, you know? I took a couple of years off and did some traveling and stuff like that between high school and college. But maybe, I think I was 20, yeah, 20 years old or 21 or something like that when I started my first year in college just because I took some time off. And um, I remember sitting there in the first economics class that I took and the professor opened it up with, how do you think the government gets money? Or where do you think government money comes from? And everyone's like, throwing out stupid answers like oh yeah they just have it or whatever you know and he gave us the quick lesson on the government gets money from taxes it gets money from borrowing and it gets money from printing and that's it like he gave us that quick lesson but young people just don't understand that government doesn't just have its own money and unless you took an economics course in college, you never got corrected on that, right? And maybe even some economists or economics professors don't teach you that. So in people's minds, like, let's say there was 40 people in that classroom. And most of them believed that the government just has its own money, that just the government just has a bunch of money. If most of them believed that, then we all got corrected on it. Some of them probably didn't understand it. Some people didn't embrace it, but I embraced it that first day. I was like, holy cow. Like, that was enlightening to me. How many people just go through their entire lives thinking that the government just has all its money, you know? So these young people, they don't understand the unintended consequences of a Bernie Sanders administration that's spending trillions upon trillions upon trillions of dollars. They just think that the government has the money. They can do it. They can just spend all this money. Why aren't they just spending all this money now? Oh, because they're greedy. Or all these greedy business people. Or whatever, you know? And that's what it comes down to. So all these younger people that are voting for Bernie Sanders, or that we're going to vote for Bernie Sanders, I'm not convinced that they're going to end up voting for Joe Biden. But Joe Biden will get more of the elderly vote, like the older people, the baby boomer generation. Like, he might get a lot of them to come over and, and vote for him. I know that Hillary Clinton didn't really get that much of that vote. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Bernie Sanders supporters and see. Because, I mean, to me, it's just kind of selling out on your principles. And obviously, in his mind, he's thinking, who's less, lesser of the two evils? And obviously, Joe Biden's lesser of the two evils. And I've kind of pushed him in the direction towards, you know, free college education and all that stuff. So, like, they're going to be running on that stuff. They're going to be running on handouts. They're going to be running on free stuff. So that's what it'll come down to. That that actually leads me to my next conversation that I want to talk about as well. Is What are the unintended consequences of all this vote buying that's being done up in Washington? For example, you had the... A lot of you guys probably got your 
stimulus check dropped into your bank account in the last couple of days, or at least it's coming. If you're married, you got 2400 bucks dropped into there. If you got a couple of kids, then you got $3,400 dropped into there unless you make too much money to get it. You know what? So I, a bunch of people are getting their stimulus checks and all that stuff. What's the unintended consequences of all that money just being printed? <clears throat> I think in some ways right now, so it comes down to production. Like production is how you create wealth, right? Wealth is just not printed. Like you can't print ourselves into prosperity. The government can't just start running the printing presses and start giving everybody money and expect the world or the economy to start booming again. Because all we're doing is... If you're not producing and you're only spending, then you're only consuming the surplus of what was created before. So eventually that surplus starts to whittle down and the prices start jacking up and the inflation starts to happen. That's just basic economics. If you're only living off the surplus, then as the surplus starts to dwindle in supply, then companies start having to increase the prices to... to, to quell the demand for it. Like, take toilet paper, for example, right now. Yes, the production continues to happen, but the demand spiked for toilet paper. The demand spiked for toilet paper. You're out there looking for toilet paper, and you can't find it because there's more people that want it. Everyone's stocking up. I mean, I saw the other day, I'm driving down the road, and I go into a family dollar looking for some toilet paper because I just want to get some for my house so I have some for later because we're, I don't know, five, ten rolls left or something like that. So I just keep an eye out when I go into a different dollar stores and so forth for some toilet paper. And this guy is looking for toilet paper too and he's in there and he looks like this old frail man, you know? And I'm thinking to myself, well, if there's any toilet paper, I'm going to go ahead and give it to him, make sure that he gets it. But there wasn't any there. And uh, I'm leaving, he's leaving. And I look in his car, and he has just the whole back seat filled with toilet paper. So he was driving around looking for toilet paper too, but I don't know what he was doing. He might have been trying to sell it online. He might have been doing something, but he just had a bunch of toilet paper back there. I looked in his car, and I pointed at him, and he's like, he gives me just this nonchalant look like, yeah, whatever, and then drives off. But I was just like, holy cow. But take toilet paper, for example, when it comes to the inflation thing. There's a, there's a higher demand for toilet paper now. There's less of it out there. So what can a business do in order to quell the supply? Well, they limit the amount that you can buy. That's what they can do. Or they can increase the prices on it so that you'll buy less. Like, that is a sign that says buy less. For example, that same day, I go into a IGA hometown store, which is an international grocers association. Um, little independent grocers, I think is what it's called. And... I go in there and they have these big box toilet paper and it's like two rolls for three bucks. Well, there was a bunch left in there because I thought to myself, well, I'm not going to buy ten rolls because that would be, what would that be, five times, it would be 15 bucks for ten rolls or something. I mean, to me, I was like, nah, I'll go ahead and pass on that, you know? Although I think it's like 15 bucks for ten rolls anyway when you buy them by the, by the bulk like that. Like, if you buy 10 rolls, one of those 10-roll bulk things, it would be about 15 bucks. So it might be a decent deal, but people are going to stock up less. They're not going to just grab a bunch of them. And I picked up two, and then I put them back. But it made me think, you know, it was a price cue. But the inflation will happen on toilet paper on its own.
over time because there's less demand. But that's going to happen throughout the entire economy. That's just the way things are. So you can't just print ourselves into prosperity. If you start printing, then less people have incentive to go back to work. So that's what gets me to the next point is the $2,000. This is what you're hearing. So the Democrats are all about trying to buy the next election, right? They are all about coming up with ideas that are going to make the American people think that the Republicans just are not working for me. I'm out of work. I can't work. And they're forcing me not to work. And they shut down the economy. And now the government should be paying me a check. So the first one that they floated out there was that $25,000 for all of the essential workers. Since I'm essential, I would have got one. But I wasn't for it. I mean, hey, if I got that twenty-five grand, i would probably just throw it on my mortgage. That's just the way that I am. But I, it, it, in the ultimate long-run scenario, like that $25,000 would get eaten away in inflation somehow. Somewhere in the economy. For example, like... People might go out and buy cars. All those people might go out and buy a brand new car with their twenty-five grand. Inflation will happen in those in the in the automobile market then, because there's higher demand for the product, and the supply remains constant. So the prices have to creep up in some way. So the other one that they're floating out there is the two thousand dollars per month until the crisis is over. That's what the other one that Democrats are floating out there. And it makes people think, oh, these Democrats, they so they care for me so much. $2,000 per person, $4,000 if you're married. And they're going to send it to us every month until the crisis is over. What incentive does that give to end the crisis then? And on top of that, if you're giving everybody $2,000 a month or $4,000 per couple, like some people don't even make that in their normal lives. So, in that sense, what is your incentive to go back to work? Let's just keep this crisis going so I can get my two grand every month, right? Like, we're just going to sit home and consume and, and get that $2,000 per month. Like, that becomes a consumption economy, and there's no productivity. And people that would have normally gone back to work decide not to go back to work yet. Like, no one's forcing them to work, so, hey, I'm going to quit my job and just keep my two grand, you know? And who's going to go man that McDonald's cash register, flip those burgers, when they're getting two grand to sit at home for doing nothing. They're making more sitting at home than they are at McDonald's, so why would I work? You're making more sitting at home than you are going to the factory. You're making more sitting at home than going out there and cleaning up the city. You're making more at home than doing a lot of things that you would do in your normal job. Why am I going to go out there and work? And that's what that leads to, is the inability to get the economy going back again. That's why a lot of times, whenever, for example, if you have unemployment insurance, like if you go out and you get unemployment, back in 2007, 2008, the normal, I think it's normal for unemployment, if you get laid off, if you get fired and you go and get unemployment, on a normal basis, I think you have four months. What did that be? 16 weeks or something like that to find a job. You got to prove that you're doing stuff. And then during the financial crisis, they made it as long as, I think it was 98 weeks. It might have been 99 weeks. That's almost two years, right? <clears throat> and what happens in those certain situations is that when you have insurance that if you have the ability to be on 
unemployment for a longer amount of time, traditionally, the unemployment roles stay filled for a longer amount of time because people know, well, if this job, I'm not going to go out and get that job because I'll make more on unemployment than I will go in to get that job. Or shit, I'm going to make only $50 more. Why would I do that when I can just sit at home? That's the rationale that people use. You're incentivizing bad behavior. But as the time starts ticking away and you get closer to the point where you have to go back to work, people get pretty motivated to get back to work. So they start being willing to take any job that they can get. (coughs) Any job that they can get. Excuse me, I keep coughing and stuff. It's uh, the pollen in the area. had the same thing last year. But as people get closer to the end of their time on on unemployment, they get more incentive to go out to work. Now, somebody that's professional who makes a decent salary, decent income, they're not going to be the ones that are like, oh yeah, this 300 bucks a week is plenty for me. That's not them. They're like motivated to get back to work as soon as they can because $300 isn't going to help pay their mortgage whatsoever. But somebody who maybe works at in retail at McDonald's or a fast food chain or a grocery store, something like that, they're going to be less incentive to get back to work faster because you're subsidizing bad behavior, not working. But as that 16th week comes along, they don't have a job and then they're off of unemployment on week 17, damn sure they're going to get a job pretty darn fast in that situation, right? That's just the way it is. So our country right now, our politicians right now, are in this desire to just hand out as much stuff as they can. That's what they're doing. That's what they're trying to do. They did it with a $2.2 trillion, $2.2 trillion stimulus package and they got all these this free handouts to people free handouts to businesses all this stuff and you just see how dysfunctional it is trying to even get it like all you hear on the news is you know they're backed up they can't get the money to the people that they're having a hard time getting the banks to you know go along with it and stuff that's who you want to run your medicine by the way not you but some people do and then we're sitting there they're sitting there talking about more stimulus and I heard it on you know CNBC today this guy's like yeah you know, we do need more stimulus, like this person from BlackRock Capital, which is like a huge capital investment company, and there's, there is reason why he's okay with inflation, but we'll get to that in a second. And he said, yeah, we need, a, you know, a trillion dollars, maybe even two, I don't know. I mean, we need, the government needs to do something, they're going to have to step in and do more. And then they said, well, what about the long-term consequences? Will there be inflation? He says, yeah, but we could probably use some inflation right now. But tell that to the baby boomer who saved for his entire life for retirement and now he's living off of bonds that are getting 1% interest and inflation goes up by 7% next year so now his money is worth 7% less or 6% less in real terms and then the next year it goes up by 7 or 8% so now that money is worth even less again tell that to anybody who's saving money right now anybody that's a saver Inflation is not good for them. Yet that person has the has the nerve to say that. That's because none of his money is in savings. 
BlackRock Capital is a company that invests in equities, ownership in businesses. So if the inflation happens with the ownership in those businesses, sometimes that leads to inflated prices of the stocks of those companies and the profits of those companies in some ways. So it could be good for that person. Some inflation, not too much. 2 or 3%, 4%. But what if we end up getting 10%, 12%? If you're paying everybody $2,000 a month in the entire country, inflation will happen. You're adding to the money supply. More money, more dollars going after less produced goods causes inflation. More money chasing less and less products. That's the... I mean, that, that's the basis of inflation. $2,000 a month is not good for the American people. Yes, it sounds great. You hear them talk about it. I, I follow the news channels, Facebook posts. I look at all the comments, and they're like, that would be a great idea. We need this right now. Everybody doesn't understand the fact that that's what leads to Venezuela, guys. That's what leads to inflation. And a little bit of inflation leads to more inflation a little bit of inflation let, let's say $2,000 checks inflation, inflation starts happening then politicians start saying look at inflation's going rampant we need to make it $3,000 checks and $4,000 checks and $10,000 checks and bread lines and oh my gosh there's no food what are we going to do oh my gosh the stores are cleaned out like I don't know that that'll happen in America but it happened in Venezuela pretty darn quick it happens when a government just prints money and hands it out to the people. It does it when governments just print money and hand it out to the businesses. It, it just it, it's it's a slippery slope to go down, and it's something that we do not need in this country. We need a economy that is back running again. We need politicians to stay out of stay out of the economy. We need politicians who will embrace the idea of personal responsibility. If there is a virus, and I was saying this to somebody yesterday, if there's a if there's a bad if there's a cold and flu season, you know, from October until March, hey man, if someone is sniffling around you, you stay away from them, right? And if you know that person has a cold, hey, don't come by my house. If you got the flu, stay home. Like, you know that. <clears throat> you got the flu, it's cold and flu season, wash your hands a little bit more. Like, you know that. But if the news says to you, it's a really bad cold and flu season, and you hear that on the news every day, wow, there's a, there's a really bad cold and flu season, people who get that information are going to take a little bit more precaution. They're going to take extra precaution than what they normally would. People will naturally do that. Oh yeah, it's a really bad cold and flu season. Okay, I'm going to be a little bit more cautious. I'm going to wash my hands a little bit more. And I'm not going to shake other people's hands as much. People will naturally take those precautions. They will. Because they're given the information. Not everybody. You'll still see gatherings of people. You'll still see parties during a bad cold and flu season but everyone 
that knows the information, they go in there assuming the risk. But what if the news says there's a really, really bad cold and flu season, the worst on record ever, and they talk about it on the news every day, you hear it on your Facebook chatter, a really bad one, the worst ever, then are you going to take extra precaution? I would imagine that you would. I imagine that you would. That's called personal responsibility. Are you going to complain when other people are at the beach? Are you going to complain that your neighbor is having a party next door because they might infect you? No. Are you going to worry about every other person out there? No, you're going to take personal responsibility for yourself. Because the news has been saying there's a really bad cold and flu season, the worst on record, and you're going to take personal responsibility for yourself. You don't need a politician to force you to stay home. No, you're going to take extra precaution. And the, the news says, you know what? It's the worst cold and flu season ever. And by the way, 80% of the deaths during cold and flu season are of people who are over 65. So you guys should take even more precaution. Or if you have a battered immune system, or you're on some type of immune suppressant, then you need to take even more precaution than everybody else. Like, those people's doctors will tell them that. It's something that they'll do. Use extra hand sanitizer. It's the worst cold and flu season ever. Be careful. People are going to take extra precaution no matter what. And that's where personal responsibility comes into play. But we're in a situation now where no politician is talking about personal responsibility. No news channel is talking about personal responsibility. They're talking about shutting down the economy for up to 18 months, guys. Wouldn't that be amazing? So they passed the law $2,000 a month for the next 18 months now. Like, this country will not survive that. The inflation that is going to happen because of that will be rampant because production is what causes, that creates wealth. Producing stuff creates wealth not printing money we need personal responsibility that was need to be taught that's what needs to be preached we had that in the past even during the worst cold and flu season ever people will take personal responsibility for themselves they will self-quarantine themselves they will make decisions to stay away from parties and you know what if they get a cold and flu that's on them, you know? Coronavirus definitely has a really hard impact on people who have pre-existing conditions. If you look at the death rate, it really is like, I look at the South Carolina death rate every day, and every person, 10 people died yesterday, 10 people died the day before that, every single one of them was older and had pre-existing conditions. And if they were not older, like, there was one guy that was, like, in the 40s that died, and he had a pre-existing condition, underlying conditions. So it's very detrimental to those people. It really is. So those people do need to take extra precaution. It's, it's a deadly disease. It's a deadly virus. It's something that can kill you. It really can. 
So you do need to take extra precaution. You don't want to get it. Even as a healthy person, you don't want to get it because the cough and the fever and all that, it's not good. You don't enjoy that stuff. So you should take extra precaution. But, but, we don't need the politicians to tell us what to do. We don't need the politicians to run the economy into the ground. We don't need the politicians to give us $2,000 checks because the unintended consequences are severe in that situation when there's zero production and printing of money or borrowing of money, passing on to the next generation. It's not good for the economy. It's not good for the future of America. And that's that. So, hey, that's all I got for you. Get off my little soapbox and uh, let you guys know about IonTheEmpire.com. That's the website that I have. You can also follow me on I on the Empire on Facebook and on Twitter. I have a Facebook group, I on the Empire as well, but I also have the Facebook page. And I've been trying to post most of my political commentary stuff on the I on the Empire Facebook page now, uh, just because I think that you know, that's the way that I'm going to try to go to market from here on out. So uh, we'll see how it goes. And I, I've noticed like I'm getting lots and lots of views on there, lots and lots of likes, lots and lots of people following the page now. So that's good. So you can follow it too. All you got to do is type in I on the Empire on Facebook and you'll find it. And uh, if you'd like to, you can email me, Ray at IonTheEmpire.com. Or you can even message me through that Facebook page. So uh, if you love the show, though, if you like what you hear, give me a five-star rating. Five-star rating and some reviews are very helpful uh, to help me to get seen on Apple Podcasts so other people can hear this message as well. This is a message of libertarian. Libertarian... Uh, I don't know, I'm just a libertarian, man. I'm not a big L libertarian by any means, even though I am a member of the Libertarian Party. Uh, but I don't preach that message of just go vote for libertarians because they're libertarians. I preach a message that says, that a, a message of non-aggression and smaller government, man. That's it. Uh, le- limited government and non-aggression. So anyway, guys, have a great day. And uh, come on back on Monday so you can have clear vision for 2020.